Roses are red, violets are blue. If you like fucked up stories, Cross Chaos is for you. Hi, welcome to Cross Chaos. I'm your chaos coordinator, Faith. And I'm Faith. What? And today we're going to be covering the stories of H.H. Holmes' murder mansion and the true story behind the exorcism of Emily Rose. Okay, I am really excited about these guys. I don't know about you, Faith, but I have done my extensive research this week <laughs> to cover the murder castle. Okay, I'm really excited. I really don't know much about H.H. Holmes, um, but I'm going to be covering the true story of the exorcism of Emily Rose. I'm very excited to hear about yeah. that because I didn't know that this was a real story. Guys, I've seen a lot the movie. of people don't know. So, well, yeah. I've seen the movie several times, Yeah. And so I just I don't know. It used to scare the piss out of me. <laughs> so I'm going to jump right in. Actually, um, the movie may be called The Exorcism of Emily Rose, but... The real person this is based on, her name is Annalise Michaels. And I know on the Instagram we did name her as Emily Rose, but it's the name we knew people would be more familiar with and, like, kind of familiarize themselves with this case and just sort of already create some comparison and expectations um, of what the case looks like from the movie, and now they're going to see, like, what the real true story is, which is even more horrifying. Yeah, I'm really excited to hear about this. <laughs> yeah, Okay. So Annalise Michaels was born on September 21st in 1952 in West Germany. She was raised to be a devout Roman Catholic and she attended church at least twice a week with her family. Like her whole family was very devout and they had a very strong faith in the church. And obviously this is going to play a huge part in Annalise's story. Okay, I'm going to cut you off right now yeah. to go ahead and say, so she wasn't American. No, she was like German. Like the movie. She was German. She's German. In the movie, she's American, is she not? Yes. Why do Americans feel like they need to take over everybody's story? I don't understand it. So listen, actually, fun fact, I have not seen the movie. I have read summaries of the movie, but I have not seen it. Well, I pissed my pants when I watched it. Yeah, I, I need to watch it. Movie. I will. I we have a yeah, we'll do like a little movie night. <laughs> <laughs> Invite the listeners. No. Okay, so yeah. Um, Annalise was sick a lot as a child. She had measles at one point, scarlet fever, mumps. But like besides that, she was a very happy and bright child. Very normal. Um, as normal can be grow growing up in a strict Catholic house, but she was happy and she was thriving and she had like a really brilliant future ahead of her. She was really smart and good with her studies and they were going, expecting her to do great things in her life. But when she turned 16, one day at school, she had a total blackout. She walked around and it dazed and no one could get her to snap out of it for a few minutes. But a few minutes passed and she returned to normal and her friends just laughed about it, and she laughed about it with them. Didn't really think much about it. It sounds kind of like a seizure, almost. Yes, that that is a, so, like, that is a major thing. Was it illness? Was it demonic possession? Or was it both? Was she making it up? So, like, that's, like, I kind of layered this case the way I'm going to tell it, where it's going to have all the medical facts and all, like, the facts of, like, it was demon possession. And then I'll let you decide for yourself. Um, so that night after her blackout, Annalise experienced something truly terrifying. At, right at midnight, she woke up and she just felt this immense negative pressure, this heavy feeling just laying on her. And she couldn't see anything, but like this feeling was there. And it lasted. So she still has an ill. Like this is still her illness. No, this or is when she was think? sixteen. They don't know. They don't know. This they is the start of it. Yet. Yeah. This is the start of but it. But that kind of just sounds like sleep um, paralysis. Yes, yeah. it does sound like sleep paralysis. 
Um, and she did end up winning the bed, but like she couldn't move, she couldn't cry out for help, and it was terrifying, and it lasted for about 15 minutes. Her and her mother really didn't think much of it, which is like, what? <laughs> like, I think I would be freaking out. But she did stay home from school that day. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Thanks, right? Thanks yeah. for that, Mom. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> I'm, like, blacking out, but I really would like to stay home today if that's okay with you. I guess yes. I can let it happen. Yeah. Just one time. Yeah. But, and, like, things seemed normal for a year after that. And then exactly a year later, the experience happens again. She wakes up at midnight. She feels this heavy presence. She wets the bed, and she's terrified. Um, but this time, her mother actually did the right thing and took her to a doctor who then referred her to a neurologist. Um, she was diagnosed with temporal lobe epilepsy. Um, okay. Temporal ep lobe epilepsy is a disorder that causes seizures, um, visual and auditory hallucinations, and loss of memory. That sounds well, like uh, a bad trip. Annalise was prescribed an anticonvulsant medicine, but her health was rapidly on the decline. And we're going to see this for the rest of her life. Like, her health goes up, and then it goes shoots back down. Doctors will, like, throw medicine at her. They don't know what's wrong with her because her brain scans are normal. And they just don't know what to do. But, um, she continued getting ill a lot after this. She had lots of infections, especially involving her lungs. She had a tuberculosis infection at one point. There was swelling in her lungs. It was all shit. She sounds before. like a really sick girl. Yeah, wow. and, like, at one point she was just totally bedridden for, like, a whole month. And then they placed her in a sanatorium. Kept having problems with low circulation and in her lungs. Um, after that, she was in a clinic for a while, and there she experienced a vision. Staring out the window, she just would pray for comfort. So this is before even any of that stuff was... Any of the stuff in the movie is happening. This is no. everything that's happened. So she was already having this, some problems. This is, like, developing over years. Okay. Like, this is taking place from, like, 1970. To 1976. Okay. So this is like a span of six, seven years. I just wanted to make sure that yeah. I was getting that. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's cool. Like you have this experience of like watching the movie and I don't. Yeah. That's like it's really, really cool. The, the movie is really good. Yeah. It's also, I mean, obviously there's Very a lot different. Of, it's Hollywood. I've never yeah. seen it, but now I really want to. Uh, yeah. We're going to do a watch. We're going to watch it. It's yeah. really good. I'm not kidding. It's really it's, good. It used to terrify me as a child. It's made very well. Yes. So, while she was in the clinic, she would just sit out the window and stare at, like, this majestic mountain view out of her window, and it brought her a lot of comfort, because obviously she has a very strong faith at this point, and, like, God's creation is beautiful, and it just brought her comfort. Um, she experienced a vision in this moment one morning, just staring at these mountains. She saw a terrible, demonic face that just snarled and growled at her, like, just for, like, a brief second. And then this face is going to appear before her every time she picks up her rosary for the rest of her stay at the clinic. After six months of being away at home, sometime in the sanatorium, sometime in the clinic, she returned home a different person. Whereas before she was really outgoing and tried really hard at school, she was now withdrawn, very cold towards her siblings. She didn't try as hard in school. It was just like very... She described it as feeling very empty and feeling nothing. Sounds very much like depression. It does. When you, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's what I, like, I genuinely think she... I'm hearing a lot of different things. Maybe, yeah. obviously, epilepsy. Yeah. Depression. Multiple personality I was going to say multiple, probably borderline personality disorder. Mm -hmm. Some form that. of schizophrenia if she's having yeah. hallucinations. Yeah. Okay. But through the years of 1971 and 1972... 
Annalise was stuck in a vicious cycle of going to doctors, being prescribed different medications. Um, no one knew what was happening. They That's just the didn't worst. know what happened. Like, it is the worst. And, like, I can't imagine. Like, doctors nowadays aren't really forthcoming, I feel like, in what they believe is wrong with you. Or they're just not very cooperative with their patients. So I can't imagine what it was like in the 70s. No, especially being a woman. Yeah. With mental, yeah. with mental issues, yeah. yeah. This is back whenever they thought hysteria was still a thing that all they women did. had. They did, so. they did accuse, like, later on in the years, when this is in the press, they did say it was religious hysteria. That's ridiculous, but, yeah. okay. That's just insane. Yeah, so, um, she just was totally disassociated from her life at this point, though, so, like, very severe depression, feeling as she was going through the motions, she was feeling empty inside. During the summer of 1972, she experienced a handful of seizures that were not as severe, but then they just suddenly mysteriously stopped. We don't know why. They think it's this medication she got put on. It may not have been. They just stopped. But her mom was worried they were going to come back because the school year was about to start, and she was worried that the stress was what was causing the seizures, um, yeah. especially because this is Annalise's last year in school, and she's getting ready to take this, like, fancy exam called the Arbiter. Or, like, it basically determines her life path at this point. Um, because Annalise wanted to be a teacher when she was younger. Um, and so this exam, passing it, was going to set that future up for her. And so her mom was stressed. So her mom took her to another neurologist who described her Dilatin. It has really severe side effects, including headaches, nausea, trouble sleeping, problems with walking, coordination, dizziness, slurred speech, confusion, and irregular eye movements. I love it when the medication gives you more severe side effects than the actual ailment. After three weeks of being on this new medication, her night paralysis was now being accompanied by horrible demon faces and a terrible smell that is continuously described as burning feces. Now, we don't know what burning feces smells like, and I never want to know what that smells like. <laughs> you guys never ever picked up dog shit and just threw it on somebody's porch all fiery and stuff? No! <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> With this in mind, her doctor thought the medicine was working because she's not having seizures. And I guess Annalise is not telling him about these visions of demon faces and the smell of feces because, like I said, he thought it was fine. He thought the medicine was working. He's like, heck yeah. Um, but for Annalise, things are going to get worse in the spring of 1973. I feel like that's continuous, sort of like with what happened with... Um, Leonardo. Yes. <laughs> Things just get worse. It just constantly Poor gets thing. worse. I know. So like now at night, Annalise was hearing knocking on doors, on the walls, and even underneath floorboards. So this was in the movie. Yes. This part was in the movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, did she have siblings in the movie? Yes. Did they also hear it no. at night? They did. They only focused on her. Yeah. So her siblings also heard all this knocking at night. So obviously now they're worried about auditory hallucinations, but the doctors could not find anything wrong with Annalise's hearing. And now comes the turning point of Annalise's life when they start to migrate from there's something medically wrong from her to there's something spiritually happening to Annalise. So, um, her father took her on a pilgrimage to San Domino, which I'm pretty sure that's how you pronounce it. My Italian listeners, I'm so sorry if I bounced that. Um, but it's a sacred place known for healing miracles, and there's, like, a really rich in history about healing blind kids. And well, that's awesome. We should do just something on that. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking about it for Supernatural, uh, one, another one of our Supernatural nights, but... 
it's a really cool, it's got really a lot of folklorish history about healing miracles. But there is a sacred well there that's blessed with blessed by Mary, so there's like a holy water. And this is like surrounded by like a little fence and it's like a little garden area. And when Annalise got there, she could not walk through the gates. She said that the soil burned her feet. And she like tried walking around the gate to get through the backside could not walk in because she thought she saw demons lining up outside the gate. And uh, her father also had given her like a saint necklace, like a, one of those metal type mm -hmm. saint necklaces. And oh, like, like Saint Michael. Yeah. Yes. And that burned her skin through her clothes. Oh my god. Oh my god. I know. Well, you know that they say the devil latches on to people that mm -hmm. are weak already. Yeah. Weak so in that's their mind. Yeah. And you have any kind of weakness, that's where he gets you. So, so he, yeah. Was, I mean, if she was depressed, or in that case, yeah. hysteria. If she had schizophrenia, um, I'm just throwing it out there. My cousin has schizophrenia, and I know he was hearing things. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of the symptoms. A lot of the symptoms he has, I could definitely see. Yes. Like this, the correlation mm -hmm. between yeah. the two. Yeah. So on the bus ride back home from this pilgrimage, Annalise was speaking in a deep, raspy voice. Um, she was sounding like a man, and she was harassing this other woman on the bus, like, and just, like, was, like, pulling at her hair, and, like, at one point, like, ripped her necklace off of her, destroyed her rosary. It was crazy, and everyone on the bus could smell the fecal matter burning. They called it the bowels of hell. Oh my god. I know. I know. That's, I'm like thinking I'm really wondering what that smells like. No, you don't. You don't want to wonder what that smells like. I wonder if it smells like a White Castle's bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> if we get to 200 followers, we'll set dog feces on fire. And Absolutely not. Like, yes. Yeah. Absolutely Two, not. 200 followers, not just like on a normal Saturday when somebody <laughs> makes you mad. <laughs> Okay, so when going back to her neurologist, there were conflicting accounts now about whether he was like, go see a priest. Now, like, could it have been a sarcastic, go see a priest if you think this is your issue? We don't know, because the <laughs> neurologist is like, I never said that. <laughs> but, like, I feel like if you're a male white doctor in the You 1970s, sounded like a New Jersey grandmother. <laughs> go see a priest if you're really worried about it. Like, no, they went and she was like, I'm seeing demons. People are smelling fecal matter. I think I'm possessed. And he's like, well, go see a priest. Yeah, I'm calling bullshit. Um, but he did prescribe. Okay, so this is very interesting. He prescribed antipsychotics for her, well, but did not tell point. her that it was for hallucinations. So wait, a priest? No, the neurologist. Oh, okay. I'll get to the priest okay, in a okay. second. But like her neurologist prescribed antipsychotics. But did not tell her what they were for. Isn't that not allowed? I don't think it is. I, like, I, mean, I don't know how Germany. Guys. I don't know how uh, Germany wait, healthcare system wait, works. What was what was it for? Hallucinations. hallucinations. But I mean, she was having hallucinations. But yes, they didn't but tell her they didn't tell her that it could have been hallucinations that she's having. So Maybe because they just like didn't want to freak her out more. They were just like, but he told her to go see a priest. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think I would be a, medicine. I would be a little bit more calmed down if they were like, hey, it was a hallucination, honey. You're good. not possessed. Like, yeah, go see a priest. Yeah. I mean, it was it was the day, you know. <laughs> okay, so like obviously they're fed up. They've been going to doctors for years, and their family just decided to continue as like. Not continuously, but, like, start thinking more that this is a spiritual problem. Um, like, this is real and not just in Annalise's head. 
Um, so her mother went to multiple priests about Annalise and our two main ones that we need to remember are Father Roth and Father Alt. Um, and they both became- Father what? The second one? Alt. Alt. Father oh, okay. Alt, sorry, my bad. Father Alt. I was like and they became obsessed with Annalise's case. They continuously wrote to their bishops about like what's happening. They're like, is she possessed? Is she not possessed? We don't know. Um, but um, when Father Alt first met with Annalise, he didn't really notice anything. He said something about like, oh, when I prayed over her, it didn't seem like she was there, just her body. There's like an emptiness about her, but... The girl was depressed. Nothing so, too... Nothing, yeah. like, Nothing demon. too noticeable to be like, oh, yeah, yeah you were definitely yeah. depressed. Yes. Um, but at this point, Annalise is feeling better. She did pass her exam, by the way. Ha ha. Forgot to mention yeah. that. Yes! Yeah. She's just like the rest of us. Mental health can never get us down. <laughs> yeah. Um. So she did decide to go to college to begin her training as a school teacher. Um, I would like to note, though, like, I put a little side note in this. Is, so she grew up in a devout home, very strict, religious Catholic, yeah. religious Catholic community. So, like, if she moves away to a city, I feel like she kind of breaks Culture free. shock. Yeah, breaks free. It's a free. big culture shock, though. Yes, culture shock. I mean, there are a lot of churches there and stuff, and there's accounts of her, like, getting right there at the door, dropping her stuff off and looking for churches. But, like... It's like breaking Amish. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah. like... It really is. Yeah. Um, so I feel like breaking away from that influence should have made things better for her because, like, she wouldn't have that immense pressure of being, like, very religious and very pious. And, and also having, you know, demons inside her at the same time. Yeah, yeah. right? That's yeah. Kind of, you know, a little bit of pressure. Yeah, you know, being in a community kind it. of away from that. That'll do it. Yeah. So, but things didn't really go well for her, and... <laughs> Um, Father Alt actually had a parish pretty nearby, like a couple hours away. So she would go every couple weekends and he would just pray over her. And she'd just feel immensely better right after, like kind of like a band-aid effect. Um, but unfortunately, uh, the cycle continued for a while. But on September 17th of 1974, we know that Father Alt wrote a letter to the bishop requesting an exorcism. But the bishop denied the request. Now, I don't know what changed in these weeks during this prayer time that had caused Father Alt to write, a le- like, a letter for an exorcism. But it had to be something big. I think it's weird that they don't have any kind of recollection of that or any kind of... I mean, it's actually... No documentation. Yeah, it's thank actually, you, documentation. I, I mean, I found it kind of hard to really find much about Annalise beyond the exorcism, like, once the exorcism start. The exorcism, you have to remember, was brought in because of the court case. Mm-hmm. So they tried to keep, you know, her life as secretive as possible, but because the movie was made and everything, they kind of had to... Yeah, so we just know that happened. We don't really know much of the circumstances. I'm going to imagine she had some sort of seizure, night paralysis. That was really bad. So the bishop denied that request. Um... But in the spring of 1975, Annalise was becoming very withdrawn again, and things just kind of spiraled. She stopped eating, she wouldn't get out of bed, and she would constantly hear voices telling her that she was eternally damned and was going to hell. Um, Annalise couldn't yeah, walk... That, that would make you a little depressed, not gonna yeah, lie. Um, especially as a very, growing up very religious. Like, yeah. You, you, you're going to heaven, you know? Your whole life. At the same time, she doesn't have her family with her anymore either because she's college. Yeah, but they did say that she would go home almost every weekend because she was homesick. Me too, girl. Me too. Shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) 
I wish. <laughs> yeah. Annalise, like, could suddenly not walk into churches anymore. Like, they, oh. like a force was keeping her out. Rosaries began to burn her hands. And when people would, like, silently pray in their heads, she would, like, cover her ears and just scream for people to stop praying. Yeah. Um, she also was removing religious pictures off walls, like portraits of saints. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, portraits of who? <laughs> like, saints and, like, Mary and Jesus. And, like... She, she was probably like, this needs to be rearranged. This is outdated. <laughs> There's so much more nice things out there. This is the 70s. But, like, she was removing pictures from other people's houses. Like, she would walk in and take them off the One wall. time I tried to steal uh, <laughs> Willie Nelson's pigtails from a Texas roadhouse. <laughs> she, she asked the server if we could take it off the wall. <laughs> so, hey, I'm, I'm not faulting her. I mean, maybe she just wanted to leave a picture. Never understood. No. She never grew up as a kid learning not to steal from other people. I'm sorry. Right, yeah. That's yeah. just it. I can yeah. connect with you, Emily. I can connect. My <laughs> <laughs> name's Annalise, not Emily. Oh, I can connect with you, Annalise. <laughs> She's like, Annalise would also walk into a Texas roadhouse and walk with Willie <laughs> She'd be like, you know what? Willie Nelson's pretty outdated. I feel like this you know, Kid Cuddy would be nice up up there or some shit Silly. like that. You know what I mean? I, want this for I my really house. liked how you brought that up because I wasn't going to put this in here. Kid Cuddy? <laughs> no. Yes. <laughs> just like the whole like Annalise is like educated now, so she wants oh, to yeah, be yeah, modern. Yeah. Okay, continue, continue. So like, but in fact, it's the opposite. She wouldn't go to churches that wouldn't preach mass in Latin, and oh. like, yeah, she was very extremist of like non-modern so it was revolution. Kind of like, oh, so, oh yeah. that's pretty nice. Good yeah. for her. Well, that's probably why she wouldn't take those pictures. <laughs> All of this can be explained by a modern feminist. I don't know. <laughs> Okay, I can decipher this. But in the summer of 1975, um, when Annalise was being prayed over by Father Alt on one of their little weekend prayer sessions, um, just could feel this coldness coming off her body, and he like, in his head, began to silently recite an exorcism prayer, and Annalise went batshit. Oh yeah, yeah, she was like. Running around, throwing things, screaming at him, and like oh took God. his rosary and just ripped it off. But like late in a couple weeks, she goes home because she visited her home a lot. But she now we have an incident with Father Roth, who's another priest that was involved in her case. He visited her and she was shrieking at him to leave, ripping up his rosary, and like threw a whole jug of ho- like holy water at him, like a five gallon jug of holy water right in his face. Um, yeah. Pretty rad. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, Annalise described these experiences as like watching through a black hole. Like she watched herself do this and it was like she was stuck inside her own body and could not control anything she did, which I feel like that has to be a very terrifying feeling. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. (laughs) Another priest also came and visited her during this time and like she called herself Judas, which is apparently (laughs) very huge. Because now she, like, verbally confirmed that she was being possessed by a demon. So, this time, the bishop did approve of a small exorcism. Um, and now things are just gonna go straight downhill real quick, I'm, real fast. I'm sorry, how do you do a small exorcism? Yeah, they, just, like, small. they said, we're just gonna give you the beginner's tactic, okay? <laughs> Not crazy. I, think, I, I think it really is. I really think it's just, like, a small prayer, small little ritual. A dash of holy water. A dash of holy water, a little bit of Christmas. <laughs> listen, listen, I I believe in demons and like this stuff is icky 
exorcism. I just know it's very hard to get an exorcism in modern day. It's because of this. To get an exorcism in modern day, you have to go through so many churches. Yes. Like, some one church has to go through another. It has to go through another. It has to go through another. Yes. And they also have to go through a lot of mental health experts, too. Yes. Before getting confirmed for it. Because of this case. Okay. Um, but, so... Things are just gonna go straight down. He'll explode into a dumpster fire from here. Um... The exorcism was not the move. Uh, so now Annalise was doing even more batshit things, even more off the wall things. She would like run around the house. She could like not stop moving. No, that sounds at like all. Me, uh, no. She couldn't. She wouldn't go to sleep or anything. Like Annalise was performing six hundred squats a day. Right. That ass, <laughs> was, <laughs> that ass was fat. Every oh. demon wanted a piece of that ass. <laughs> bad her knees were so sore and swollen they would like start bleeding internally and like her knees were just broken the muscles destroyed from doing 600 squats a day yes because she was also running around the house and like she would just be wailing as she's doing the squats because she couldn't control her body she once threw her youngest sister across the room and like there's a really huge thing that a lot of people make a big deal of where like she crushes an apple with one of her hands also kind of stopped eating at this point so she's losing weight and while her ass may be fat, her arms are not. And so, like, she's really weak. And so the fact that she's been able to crush this apple is, like, a monumental proof that she was possessed by a demon. Okay. Yeah, I know, right? You can make applesauce okay. with your hands. You're fucking possessed by a demon. I, I feel like you I hear that, Jim Bros? <laughs> 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 Does anyone have an apple? You hear that, Jim Bros? <laughs> she no longer ate because her muscle. She claimed that the muscles on her throat felt very stiff and it was hard to swallow. And, like, the... She would also have, like, paralyzed feeling in her, like, chest. So she would, like, have moments where she couldn't breathe. After I smoke. <laughs> so, food warning, please stop eating. Okay. If you're faint of heart and stomach. She would eat flies, insects, spiders. She would, like... <laughs> That's a lot of protein. That is a lot of protein, okay, guys. Guys. Jim bros. <laughs> Listen, she would, like urinate on herself and then oh. chew on her own underwear what? she That's would so like sad. pee on the floor and lick it up <laughs> no ozzy osbourne did that once what what does that do though? and i don't know she just did it no i think he just did it to be wild no. no and story that she did eat her own feces why? She's possessed by a demon. She's, She's crazy. not controlling herself. She can't control herself. Oh. Well. That's yeah. so sad. That is so very sad. sad. So, um, she was destroying holy objects around the house, more removing of pictures, destroying crucifixes. Um, at one point, she experienced what the Catholics call the stomata, where, like, she woke up one morning and she had holes in her hands oh, and feet. like Christ. Like Christ did when okay. he died on the cross, when he was, like, nailed onto the cross. So, for our listeners who do not know, Jesus was nailed on the cross and died of crucifixion, um, and so stigmata is the same place, having the nails through your hands and feet. Um, so she did experience that at one point, which made her mom believe that she was going to be healed. Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and then, like, wrong. a really random thing that was kind of thrown into a lot of report is one time she sat under the table for two days and just barked. Barked? Like yeah. a dog? Like a dog. So now, obviously, her parents are scrambling for more exorcisms. And, okay, so this is where we meet Father Renz, is, is a father who is close by the Annalise, 
Annalise's house, um, and he and Father Alt will be the ones conducting the exorcisms. And hold on, brace yourself, please. Okay, so exorcisms are very a physically torturous process for those being um, going through the exorcism. There's a lot of thrashing. Um, they're being restrained down by people. And it just like all accounts look horrible. And so Annalise went through 67 of these exorcisms. Oh, 67? 67 exorcisms. One to two times a week. Oh, and these would last for over four hours. Oh, my. Quite frankly, sounds like hell. 42 of these exorcisms were taped for the Vatican to listen to. Wow. Okay, but I'm going to actually play a clip for the, the tape, one of a couple of these tapes, but just put a pin in that real quick. During these exorcisms, Annalise was claimed to be possessed by six demons. Judas, Cain, Miro, Lucifer, Hitler, and a disgraced priest named Flishman. I think I pronounced his name. Um, throughout Hitler? these... Hitler. Yeah. Yeah. Hitler. You don't think Hitler was a demon after all the shit he pulled? <laughs> I just, I don't know, it just sounds weird. I don't know. Yeah, so Annalise um, also would talk about dying to atone for the sins of the youth of the day, like, of this, of her time, and priests of the church. So I'm actually going to play a little bit of these tapes. Because they're fucking insane. If you don't like listening to this type of stuff, yes, go ahead and yes. skip about I'll, two minutes ahead. Two minutes ahead. ahead. It's pretty rough. It's very disturbing. Um, it does give you kind of the chills. So yeah. go ahead and we'll give you a second to skip ahead now. She is speaking in German. Yes, she is speaking in German. Remember, she is German, not American. Okay. Now, this is the demon Hitler speaking through her. Now, this is the demon Cain. You do hear the priest in the background talking. Yeah, I do. I know, I know. I was listening to this by myself, guys. The whole thing. This is Nero. Keep in mind how they all sound very different. They do. They all sound very different. And this is um, Fishman, or Felishman. I'm so sorry, guys, that I'm pronouncing his name wrong. <laughs> so this is that disgraced priest. So were they, like, Ouija board in this? Like, no, no, they were just saying a prayer. This is an exorcism. This is they they identify like, themselves. They're, like, holding yeah, her down on a table. They're, the demons are identifying She's, themselves. They no. were like, what is your name? Say yeah. your name. They, they have to identify themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Okay. Okay, and so this is Judas. This is pretty fucked up. I, Judas scares me. Judas is a little bit terrifying. Yeah. Here's Lucifer. And you can tell how deep this is. 
voices sound so much deeper than her actual voice. It most literally yeah. sounds like it's coming from deep inside of her. I'm yeah. sure that was it's very animal. Her like vocal cords. Yeah. yeah, which I think probably goes with like the whole fact where she was like, my muscles are so stiff in my throat. Yeah. I can't eat. Oh yeah. Or my lungs yeah. because of how much air she's yeah. pushing out when she, when you know the demons come in. And so talk. these exorcisms remember 67 exorcisms that's a lot that's a lot for like someone physically i can't imagine emotionally and mentally either especially that many times a week and it was hours yeah and this happened over a course of 10 months and annalise would die on um july 1st of 1976 in her own home she weighed 66 pounds and she was only 23 years old that makes me wait. How much did she weigh? Yeah. Sixty-six pounds. Shit. I wonder if the sixty-six pounds was a um, was on purpose. So oh. like, sh- it, the cause of her death was found to be severe dehydration and malnutrition. Absolutely. She starved herself to death, basically. At the age of twenty-three. At the age of twenty-three. That is insane to me. I know. Um. She. So like. In the autopsy, they found that she had pneumonia at the time, and her knees were just broken. They were destroyed after all that squatting. Um, so, like, she died at the age of 23 in severe pain. Like, I can't, I can't What is imagine. so sad is that she, it's not like she, it, you know, in the movies, when you see somebody get possessed, they open a box or they yeah. use a Ouija board to contact. It's not like she did anything like that. So mm-hmm. I don't understand why such a sweet... Girl of God, Christian girl, Catholic girl. Especially God. all of the stuff that they probably, I'm sure that they had in their house in their town. I just don't understand how this. And she had such a this, bright future ahead of her. This seemed like right. such a sweet girl for it to happen to. Like, yeah. it, I mean, if it were somebody who was corrupt. Her parents and Father Alt and Father Renz were all charged with negligent homicide because of her death. Um, both priests were found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to six months in jail. That was later suspended, but they still had to do three years of probation. And her parents Even were... after it was suspended? Yeah. Wow. Her parents were spared from any punishment because it was deemed that her family had suffered enough for the past That is horrible. Years. Wow. And, Faye, I'm now going to show you a picture of before and after. Okay. It's just, I want to see. It's pretty rough. I'm good. Like... Yeah, we're gonna post this on the Instagram too, so you guys can see. Yeah, when we when we um oh post that out, oh. we'll post it with it. I know. No, thank you. Oh my like, god! Like you can just see the like pain. Yeah, that it had to have been a very. That brutal. is not just mental illness. There's no. not a way. There's not a single shot in the dark that that is mental health. No, illness. I honestly believe she was possessed. I do believe maybe she wasn't possessed at first. But, like, I do believe at some point she did become possessed. It's like you said, like, when you're in that weak state and you're sensitive. Yeah. So, yes. I am very strong believer in, like, God and demons. So, I do believe she was possessed by demons. Wow. That is... That is a stark contrast. The two pictures. It's making me emotional. Watch it. I know. It's it's making me emotional, too. I, like, all the pictures of her... During so the, the last 10 months of her life are very hard to look at. Yeah. That is the sad and tragic story of Annalise Michaels. Thank you. And then yeah. Americans thought it was okay to redo it, call her Emily Sens- Rose, and, and make sensationalize her it. But it is a really good movie, truth. but nobody knows the truth. I had nobody no idea. Nobody even knows the, her name. Yeah. 
Her name's Annalise Michaels. I wonder if that was for... Respect of the family. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I really don't know. And now... Now I'm actually more intrigued in watching the movie now. Well, Based on what you it. said. We're gonna do a watch yeah. party, guys. Yeah. Okay, so you know here at Cross Chaos, we do like to show our respect for the victims. Um, in this case, we're gonna take a moment of silence um, for Annalise and her family. Um, even though it was many years ago, um, you know, we still like to give that little bit of respect. So we're just gonna take a moment of silence now. Alright, Faye, I'm so excited to learn about this murder, murder castle. Listen, I think Hotel is one of the best seasons of American Horror Story, and I will not take any slander. And I know that season was based off of this, so. It was based off of this, actually, but I will never slander Evan Peters. <laughs> Evan Peters is so great. Or Lady Gaga. That would I know. take me any day. People who... So I'm going to go ahead and get into mine. Mine is actually over the murder castle. We're going to talk about a man and also his lair um, who is infamous, gruesome, and grisly. And I am just very excited to get into it with you guys. I freaking oh, no. loved that alliteration you had going on there. Thank you so much. I actually just pulled that out of my ass. It was, <laughs> yes! it was honestly kind of perfect. Yes, babe. Like, you. I just looked at you yes! with, like, like bewilderment. Like, we're now came out of my ass. That's where it came from. It was great. Uh, so let's get into it. First, we're going to start off tragically. This man's name. Herman. <laughs> <laughs> it really is a tragedy. It is though. a tragedy. It's just, it's a it's a really horrible name. Herman Shout Webster Mudget. Herman Webster Mudget. Let's say we don't encourage people to make fun of other people's names. This man killed people. I but don't care. Man, yeah. I don't care to make fun of There's his name. There's an exception to serial killers and terrible people. Mudget. <laughs> Is not that bad. Herman Webster? Now, come on. What were you thinking? Levi and Theodat? Come on. That's his parents. That's his name. <laughs> Levi Horton Mudget. So that didn't start out very well either. <laughs> and Theodate Paige Price, which honestly, honestly, that's kind of like. That's kind of. That's uh, something. Out of all of them, she's winning. I mean, yeah, yeah Theodate's kind of weird, but I mean. This man actually was extremely intelligent. That's probably why he got away with his crimes for so many years. Uh,. Herman graduated high school at the age of 16 years old. Damn, couldn't be me. I know, could not be most of us, actually, in this room. <laughs> <laughs> but as soon as he got out of high school, he married his first love, Clara Levering, and they also had a son named Robert Levering Mudgett. So at least Robert got Levering over something like Horton or Webster. Um... They lived together in New Hampshire while they were getting their life together. And then <laughs> Herman is just a bad dude. He moved to Philadelphia and abandoned his wife and kids. <laughs> <laughs> original baby daddy. Dipped. The Went to get milk. Never came back. <laughs> I was literally just about to make that joke. I'm telling you. Um, he went to the lottery ticket. He actually moved states. He wanted to make sure nobody would find him. He oh went to God. Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Yeah, mm. and that is where he got his first job working at a, um, what is it called? A pharmacy company. Yeah. And how old is he again? At this age, he's probably around 18 years old. Okay. He did go to school. So he went to first a pre-med school in Vermont for a little bit, for about two years. And then he did go. He got accepted into the University of Michigan Med School. And he went there for about two years. Graduated in two years. Dang. Is that right? Graduated nice? in two graduated. years? Graduated. For two years. He graduated, got his license. Oh, wow. 
Okay, so that's real smart. Yeah, he was very... I mean, obviously, he got away with murder for yes. a very long time. No, he got away with a lot more than just murder. I, I think that's insane. Um, except, once he was accepted into the med school, this is where everything really starts to take a toll. So, let's go back to when he was young. When he was young, this might sound familiar to somebody new that... I mean, not new, but somebody in more recent times that we have been hearing a lot about, again, that have been revitalized. Uh, this child would take kill roadkill off the side of the road or dead animals and yeah sew them up and like do weird experiments on them and this is the 1800s oh so God. does that sound like somebody we all know full, I'm yes. Sure. Yes, full dommer actually the whole reason he got completely infatuated with death is because uh, he was super smart in school, like I've said, and of course, smart kids get bullied because they know everything. They know more than everyone else, so that's why they get bullied. I would know, because I got bullied. <laughs> Same! And oh, so, these my- bullies took Herman into a room, and they actually brought a full human skeleton up to him, <gasps> these bullies, and put him face-to-face with the skeleton, and then made it touch its face and rub all over him. And at first he was freaked out, but then he became fascinated with the entire experience. Okay, and that I was is how his. Dis- I wonder how they got the human skeleton in the first place, though. I mean, like just study, like in an anatomy class. Oh, before they had all the plastic reason, skeletons and stuff. I was thinking stuff. this was a yeah, high cadaver. school story yeah. you were telling me. Actually, Not it's so funny you brought up cadavers. That brings me to my next point. <laughs> no. So while he was accepted into Michigan Med School, he actually stole cadavers from the lab. <laughs> And would put life insurance policies on them. That's smart. Wait, I see where this is going. I see where this is going. That's actually a dead person. It's oh. a dead person that their body's used for science. Yeah. Oh, okay. They would put, he would put life insurance policies on these cadavers. You can do that? No, you can't. Okay. So he'd take these cadavers, he'd mutilate them, do these horrible, grotesque exper- experiments on them, and like completely just disfigure oh. their bodies. And then would show them to police and be like, they died in this accident and I am the sole beneficiary what of the? their life insurance policy. And he got money. Wow. Money, money, money. You know, Lots it's of money. money. Yeah. That's kind of smart. I'm telling you, he is smart. That's, that's one thing. Yeah. Okay, so that's, that's where it starts. His scamming starts right there in med school when he's stealing cadavers Nasty, and using them for, sick. I mean, but make, making your money. Yeah, anyway. So he finishes his school, gets into Philadelphia, starts working at the uh, uh, pharmacy. pharmacy. And uh, actually, there's a little boy that comes into the pharmacy and is getting medication and all of this stuff. The little boy dies. Aww. And so they go, the police go to him and they're like, he was getting medication from you, was he not? Oh. <gasps> And they were, he was like, I don't know who this kid is. I've never seen him before. I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't. I'm I've never had. Kid. I never know. <laughs> yes. If I saw this man on the street, I'd never know who he was. <laughs> Full, like just completely denied. And the police were like, oh, white man says he didn't do it. Sounds good enough for me. Sounds good to me. Exactly. Didn't do it. A white, a white man. man. No. Oh, I know. Never. <laughs> So actually, after this little boy's death, he decides to move again because he doesn't want anything to be tied to him for this. So he changes his name, moves to, I'm pretty sure. So we're pretty sure he killed that boy. Oh, yeah. Moves to new, no, moves to Chicago. But he is now known as Henry Howard 
Holmes, or shortly known as H. H. Holmes. That's wow. a great better. So he moves to Chicago and he remarries. Of course. He remarried Murda Belknap. And they had a daughter together named Lucy Theodate Holmes. So he brought something from his mama. Only Theodate. The only good name. Well, technically, you have to remember he never divorced Clara. Okay, but like it must have been so easy in the eighteen hundreds to just be like, no, well, he I even, hate my life. I'm just gonna start new and I, like watch well, it. He even <laughs> tried. He tried to divorce her. He was like, uh, you know, this isn't working. I'm we're on different paths. We want different things in life. I personally want to steal life insurance money. I think you want like a white picket fence or whatever. And I just can't do that for you. Okay. I like cadavers too much. I mean, also marriage certificates were around, but they weren't like publicly viewable. So like, if you just move to a whole different state. They- so moving forward, he moves into another pharmaceutical company. And You're kidding. Yes, I'm telling you. <laughs> gets to another one, this one in Chicago, and the owner actually dies. Now they speculate that he killed him. Mm-hmm. But the owner dies, and he convinces the wife. He's like, please, I'm here for you. Please, just, I will take this burden off your hands. Let me buy this company from you, and I will take care of it. Weren't they also elderly? Even though they think yes. that he so, killed him, he's still... She like, doesn't think so. He's so charismatic. This then. is now. Yeah. This is, the police think that he killed him. Back then, they didn't think anything. Now. Okay, yes. but back then, they did. Okay, okay, makes sense. Like, so, they, we now think he killed yes, him. Yes, there's speculation now that he killed him. But yeah, listen, this, is, this gets crazy. So she's like, yes, sure, I will sell you this company. Sells in the company for dirt cheap. And then she goes to California never to be heard from again. So he now owns this, uh, now he owns this pharmaceutical company. He's still, I think, stealing cadavers, getting the life insurance money off of that. And now he has bought a property across the street, directly across the street from the pharmacy. And he builds a three-story castle. So the first story was storefronts. So it could show a lot of people oh there's a lot of good stuff here this is a new building a lot of franchise yeah. come in here this is important this is built right during the world fair which is brings 23 million people yeah. into the chicago Dang. it's a huge thing they don't do it anymore but it's really big mm-hmm. i wish they did they, i don't know why they don't but i they don't, don't i would love it for them they brought it in chicago 23 million people all around the world you know what that means young beautiful girls all coming into this hotel Badasses. yes and you've got this charming <laughs> i man. bet you I they know. were all brunettes too if you look at, well, if you look at the um, Instagram page, Holmes is not an ugly man. No. no. So he's charming. He's Especially wealthy. He's got his own business. So the second, so the first floor was the storefronts where a lot of new stores and studios were being placed. And then you go up to the second and third floor. And that is where you had his office, his living quarters, and a hundred different rooms. All for like a hotel suite. Yeah. And so he started bringing people in, you know, got all these people coming in. Of course, because it's a hotel. Almost half of his people that come in to stay at the hotel disappear. This actually gets kind of crazy. So while they're building this hotel, they're still under the construction of it. He is hiring and firing construction people like every other week because they're all building something different. Like you've got shoots, you've got a crematorium downstairs. You've got acid baths. Wait, why do you need a crematorium at a hotel? Hey, listen. <laughs> <laughs> it just all clicks. It all clicks. <laughs> they get in there and he's hiring and firing all these contractors because he doesn't want anyone to know exactly what he's building. Half of these rooms have chutes that lead down to the basement. Trap doors that people fly out from under so he could just put them down there. He will keep his victims alive for days, weeks, months at a time. 
kidnapping them doing experiments torturing them and then but he was putting and then killing them yes but so... listen this is insane so i don't even know how he got away with this his he got he had like over six or seven fiancés i mean the number is exponential but he's still married to the one lady yes. the daughter yep of course we love in that. chicago yes so he's getting all these fiancés, these mistresses, all of these clients are coming in and staying at his hotel. And he's like, okay, you can stay here, but let me take out a life insurance policy on you. Just sign this little paper here and let me take out a life insurance policy on you. Nobody's reading it because you're just no. like, I'm staying at a hotel. I don't have to worry about this. And he's yeah. definitely not saying it's a life No, and he's just policy. like, yes, he's like, here's so like, like, you trust me. You're not going to break my stuff. You trust no. me. I'm charismatic. He's like, sign here and here and here and here. Oh, that's not life insurance yes, policy. Yes, just read, just, no, don't just like, sign this. So they're signing this paper, killing these people, and then he's dumping their bodies elsewhere. Police are finding them, and then they're like, oh, you get to claim all this money. I don't know how the fuck he got away with this for so long, and nobody was like, this seems a little weird. I think it starts to get a little rocky. People are starting to get suspicious. There's a lot of people that are like, these women, hundreds of women are going into this building. Half of them are not coming out. Something's not adding up. He had alarms in the room when they tried to escape. He had gas chambers in the room he would close the rooms off and put gas vents in and would asphyxiate them this had to be way more than life insurance a policy i'm sorry i'm well, also he confused a... on where he kept all the bodies like the down basement. in the basement they down cannot be that the big for that many people just to come oh well the crematorium yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i forgot about the crematorium well you're gonna think he's also well also, he's also it's not like he's somebody, killing so. his victims yeah. range between 20 to 200 Two years old? But he was only in know. the hotel. The actual hotel, he was only in there for like two years. Yeah. Dang. So two he's years. killing all these people. I mean, you gotta think. They, he claims he bragged about killing 20 people. But really, they think the number might have been even nine. So he's definitely a serial killer. They just don't know how many he actually killed. Yeah. More than exactly. Nine. It's like your last case. You yeah. could also not tell because of how far, um, how long ago it was. They didn't have the proper documentation for it. So it's the same thing here. He gets, so Holmes doesn't get caught for murder. No, he gets caught for fraud. <laughs> so he gets, he's like, it's oh. like Al Capone. They come up to him and they're like, you, you, we're taking you in. He's like, oh God, they found him. They found him. You have not paid your taxes. <laughs> <laughs> your murder hotel, you've gone two years without paying taxes and on this result. Like, okay, like, no, this is can we man. compare like, to Al Capone real quick? Both in Chicago, both known murderers. <laughs> both get arrested for tax fraud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, though, he was like, What's about that's what you got? reincarnation. That's what you got on me? Okay, man, okay. You know, I think I could. So anyway, he gets sent to jail for a few I mean, like, short months. He's a white man. Yeah, white man. <laughs> white man. <laughs> no! White man. Sent, sent to jail, where he meets this man, Hedgeman. 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 That is a great name. That's his last name, Hedgeman. Oh, okay. Well, Hedgeman, Hedgeman is still better than like the headhunter. like that name. It's very classy. Better, better than Herman. So anyway, he meets Hedgeman. <laughs> And then them together, they plot this plan where he's like, hey, dude, if you let me take out a life insurance policy and you, <laughs> oh, freaking not. And you like fake your death, then we both get that money. So like, do it. And the hedgeman's like, that sounds like amazing. Like, he's so smart. I can't believe you. Like, how come nobody's ever done this before? <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to make you do this. I get so, to fake my own death. I know. And get money? Hell yeah. So anyway, he tries. Hedgeman gets out. So does uh, Holmes. They get out. Hedgeman tries. Hedgeman fails. <laughs> Hedgeman does not Damn actually Hedgeman. kill himself. He doesn't even try. He's really bad. The police are like, this is not adding up. You're still alive. 
So then it's like Holmes the is like guy. Holmes is like, how could you fuck this up? I, it's such a simple <laughs> task. I just told you to die. That's all I needed you to do. So he's like, we're done. We're not doing this. He goes on. He finds another partner. His next partner's name is. I'm gonna butcher this. Pitzel. Pitzel. You have such nice handwriting. Pitzel. Yeah, Pitzel. Pitzel. So his next partner is Pitzel. He's like, listen, dude. I am. I. I'm, I've got this proposal. I want you to pretend to kill yourself, and then we're gonna take out this big life insurance policy. I love and how he's killing the women, he's, but like, for he's the like, listen, he deals with the I men. got this amazing like, idea. I got a deal for you. Pitzel's like, okay, dude, sounds good. So he goes to fake his own death, and then Holmes is like, I just don't want him to fuck up like the last guy. So he kills him. <laughs> Straight fucking kills him. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. I don't That's mean not a to laugh. Word. I don't mean to laugh. At no, the but he does. I'm just he laughing. Was, I guarantee at home. you, this is exactly how it went down. He was like, "Yeah, man, this sounds really good." Kills him. He's Step like, "I can't up. let him fuck up like the last guy." This, mm-hmm. I have to get my money this time. I'm gonna kill him. I'm going broke after you know the possible yes. 200 life insurance policies I've already taken out. Exactly. So he kills. Well, he's been for who knows how much on a murder castle, but he stayed in for two years. He's killed Pitzel. Pitzel's gone. Pitzel? Pitzel. Pitzel. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So then he goes to Pitzel's widow and he's like, hey, uh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for your loss. Can you imagine if a random please. man came to No, you? this is his partner. They know each other. Well, no, the, like the wife. The wife knows him. Oh knows my him. God. The wife this, yes. like, this whole thing? No, didn't know that he killed him, but just she was just like, partners? yes. Okay. He's, so friends. he's coming up to her like a friend, like, hey. I'm sorry this happened. I can't believe. Oh no! Like, like really, just like <laughs> playing his part. He just really fell into that night, She's man. like, I can trust you. Come, you know, I really need a man around. Of course, she probably. Does. Oh my it's god! Are you about to say they're going to get engaged? No, he just decides to live with them and travel with them. Her oh. and three out of her five children. Oh, damn it! And they fall victim to him, and he kills them. <sighs> of course all. they do. Yes. I was about to say he killed really the kids. He killed the kids. Stories. Killed the wife. And so anyway, after that happens, Holmes is now on the run from the police for weeks. I mean, weeks. And then he's sure. caught. Uh, his es- Like I said, his estimated amount of murders is about 20 to 200. And so they took him, put him on trial. And he's found guilty for... <laughs> he's found guilty for the murder of Pitzel. Guess who testified against him? Who? Hedgeman. <laughs> Hedgeman. Uh, yes, Hedgeman was like... Hedgeman. He was like, man... We were gonna do this. He totally screwed me over. We were gonna do this. I was gonna kill myself. You can't put me in jail because I'm giving you a deal right now and telling okay, you. Right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what happened. So Hedgeman testifies and so he gets sent to jail execution. So this is where it gets really cool. Um, okay. This is where it gets really. I really thought this part was interesting. So the choice of execution for Holmes was to be hung, a hanging execution. And there's speculation. Yeah, so he had choice. He could choose. No, the oh. jury chose. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, he got to choose which way he died. I'm like, that's kind of cool. <laughs> nope. The jury chose that he was gonna <laughs> hang to death. Because I, I wouldn't have chose hanging to death for mine. To be there honest, there are so you. many things speculated on what exactly came out of Holmes' mouth whenever he was dying. There is an actual sentence, like a death row confession, that I will read to you. But this the is what words. they th- yes, I'll read that to you first, really quick, and then I will go over the other crazy stuff that was shared. I was born with the devil in me. 
I could not help the fact that I was a murderer. No more than a poet can help the inspiration to sing. I was born with the evil one standing as my sponsor beside the bed where I was ushered into the world. And he has been with me since. And that's... Who does that sound like? Really? It's like, have you guys seen the new Dahmer show? Yes. Yeah, that's, that's what I was looking It's insane. It is insane. Yeah. That's why I literally similar. said he sounds like he got incarnated as freaking Dahmer. It's yeah. weird. It's crazy. And that was what is actually... I will say... That's his last but Dahmer, but Dahmer and Holmes' motivations were totally different. Completely yeah. different. Yeah. I'm not saying it's in anything like carnation. Yeah, Incarnation, I, I just think that it's instru- it's yeah. so bizarre, this kind similarities. Kind of similarities, yeah. So that was his death row confession, but here are some of the things that people claim to hear him say. Uh, some claim that they heard Holmes cry out that he was the notorious London butcher, the Jack the Ripper. <gasps> I think that this is I just think we cover that. someone, I mean, let's... Yes, it was around the same time. People in the U.S. are thinking they're completely safe while people in London are being butchered in the streets. That's a whole conspiracy that we can go into later date. Yeah. But I, I mean, they've got dates of his birth. They've got his parents. But he could have traveled to London at that time. He did travel with that family. He did travel with, I mean, there is definitely a chance. But that is one speculation. Others claim. Very slim chance. Others claimed when Holmes snapped his neck, when his neck snapped when he was hanging, that a lightning bolt struck the horizon on a clear spring day. Hmm. That seems a little... Now, that sounds weird, but listen, it gets even... It's... There's so many things. Holmes remains alive with a broken neck for nearly 15 minutes after his execution. Yeah. So usually the way they tie the noose, you die instantly when you fall. Not all the time. Not all the time, but you don't... 15 minutes with a broken neck. Yeah. Yeah, That's That's not normal. No. People think that this is... uh, His evil spirit was too strong to die. That's why he stayed around for 15 extra minutes. He dies May 7th, 1986. Nope, 1896. By hanging in Philadelphia. (laughs) Honestly, didn't think that the whole like demon spawn of Satan could be true until this case. Because this is all of the death that happens after he is dead. And it reaches into the early uh, 1900s. Okay? So this is crazy. 15 years after he's dead. Mm Mm-hmm. William Matten, a forensics expert who testified against Holmes, died of unexplained blood poisoning. Oh. So Holmes is dead, so it's not like he could do it. Yeah. But, like, nah, it was ghosts. Listen, listen, listen. Holmes, prison superintendent, committed suicide. <sighs> Trial judge and head coroner both diagnosed with terminal diseases. I've heard these. Priest that had visited Holmes in his cell was found beaten to death in a courtyard of his church. And this is all occurring like 15 years after his death. This is all within 15 years after his death. Oh my gosh. It's like back to back. All of these people that ever had encounters with him. Oh my gosh. Jury foreman was mysteriously electrocuted. That could tie him that lightning thing. Okay. And this is the the most unsettling. Okay, okay. An unexpected fire at the office of the insurance company that actually did homes in. So he's known for insurance fraud. Yeah. The entire office was destroyed. The only thing that was not destroyed was a copy of the arrest papers from Holmes, like Holmes arrest papers, what and several pictures of him. What oh my god. That's 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 creepy. That is insane. That's way that's way too coincidental to it's, be coincidental. It is it is insane. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to 
bleed here. So that is everything for Holmes. And yes, that is awesome. And I know I kind of touched on the murder house, but I actually have a few other things that I wanted to talk about. Not murder house, the murder castle in Chicago. I won't lie. I've done quite a bit of research and I couldn't find any actual accounts of hauntings, but I think that is because they have closed down the building. Yes. Nobody can go in the building. This postal service that is placed right next to it. Like, I mean, it well, shares it shares a space where the wall was. Okay. So they're event at they're one point they were together. Mm -hmm. They were merged together and then they closed, mm -hmm. they tore down yep. the other building. Um, so this is kind of everything that is happening through that postal service office. Mm -hmm. um, so employees have heard strange noises, um, like women humming and singing. Uh, or people crying. You can see apparitions of women walking around the buildings. Really unsettling. One employee heard a strange noise and they looked to go see what it was. Uh, she was in the basement, which is the place that shared an adjacent wall to. They actually probably still do share an adjacent wall to the basement of the murder castle. The crematorium. Because exactly. That, the post office is still there in its yes, location. So it yeah. is. Um, she saw a row of chairs up against a wall. Yeah. She looks back. 30 seconds later, the chairs are stacked. <gasps> what is with chair stacking? I don't like, know. Like, why is that a thing? No. Those just like stacking chairs, bro. I know. I wonder so, why. I mean, there's definitely, there's not really much about, there's not really much about the hauntings because the building has been closed for forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But they have heard, there's some small accounts here and there. And, you know, a lot of people wanted, oh, this is actually, we're almost done. This is actually a really cool thing that I wanted to mention. So you've got, <laughs> this is actually really sad. So a man came up to the property and visited while it was still open. His grandson, Holmes it's Holmes' grandson, came and visited like the, the hotel. Like the son of Robert. Claire. Oh, okay, yeah. Robert. Oh, the first son. Yeah. First Robert son. or Lucy, one of the kids. Yeah. The grandson of them okay. came up to the ho hotel when it was still open and was looking at it and like wanted to wanted to memorialize it for the victims that died. Yeah. He wanted to try so to make sweet. some kind of connection. Yeah. Like keep it up and just have it yes. as a memorial. Well, site. even just put a plaque or yeah. something. Yeah. Put a park or something, something to memorialize the station for the victims. He says, yeah. "I'm trying to take back some of the like harsh things that my grandfather put into the world yeah mm -hmm. and so he's done a lot of research and actually they he is writing a book still currently he's been working on it for 20 plus years he is still writing a book that is trying to prove that he might have been jack the ripper in london i've actually seen a documentary uh there's a lot of books and stories that you guys should look up I don't know why they haven't made this into a movie. I feel like it has to. They've be. got a documentary on it, and they've but got not a, like an but not like. And a then they film. got the America's Horror Story. Yeah, but they don't have like a film on it. That's so interesting. And Netflix, you gotta pick this but, up. Yeah, Netflix. There's a lot of good stuff. Um, there's a lot of tragic things. I wish I could give you more about the victims, but there was just no. Yeah. Accounting for it. Especially with the World Trade Center going exactly. on. I mean, center. Nope. Ooh, World, World Trade, Trade Fair. Fair. Yeah. World Trade Fair. So he's just, there's just a lot of stuff that has definitely been, um, I wish there was more I could find on it. I was really hoping to dig deeper and find more. I did find a lot about H.H. Holmes that I didn't know, which is really like, I don't know. He sounds like he was always messed up. Yeah. 
And so, yeah, so that is the story of H.H. Holmes and the murder castle. And you can still go look at the memorialized state of it, right? There's a yeah, plaque. Yeah, there's, there's a plaque, I believe, just past the post office where it was standing. Um, I don't think there's anything built on the actual, like, site of it other than, like, the post office connecting to it. There's also a Supernatural episode of it, so you should go watch that yeah, as well. Yeah, go watch the Hashtag not sponsor, but really want to But we really love Hashtag we love Jensen and Jared. Ugh. Mm-hmm. And Misha. Oh. I've actually met Jensen and Jared. I know you have. You like to brag about this all the time. <laughs> Jared and Jensen and Misha, please love me. I want Jim Brown to love me. Okay, so you know here at Cross Chaos, we do like to show our respect for the victims. Um, in this case, we're going to take a moment of silence. Um, even though it was many years ago, um, you know, we still like to give that little bit of respect. So we're just going to take a moment of silence now. I would also like to give a big thank you and shout out to a Hogan 70 on Instagram for sending in this case request. It was really amazing to cover and I'm so excited to see what else you guys send in. Yeah, we love hearing what you guys want to hear. So continue sending it in Um, on our Instagram. We have a little message button. It takes you directly to our DMs and you could just send any case there and we will look into it. We will put it into a category and we will go over it and you will get mentioned. Um, going off of our Instagram, um, we actually have a 150 follower listener guest appearance giveaway that we're doing. On the Instagram page, you will see the most or one of the most recent posts. Um, it'll say 150 follower listener guest appearance giveaway. Um, you swipe all the way to the last one. I'll show you how to enter. Um, it's pretty simple. Once we hit 150 followers, we will pick somebody and they'll be able to join us on the show. Um, we're just trying to grow our chaos family here. Thank you again for joining us here at Cross Chaos. Next week, we'll be covering conspiracy theories, and we are so excited to hear from you guys. Please don't forget to follow us on our socials, and I hope you guys have a wonderful, chaotic night. Love Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. <laughs>